helping other people, you know, also other women and just like help them understand that sometimes it's good to take the leap, you know, like be brave, like do it. Life will push you when it can. And if you're brave and you jump, like this can be a great, great thing. Like I'm so much happier now than I was in any of any of my other jobs. And Hello and welcome to Developer's Journey, the podcast bringing you the making of stories of successful software developers to help you on your upcoming journey. I'm your host, Tim Bourguignon. On this episode 218, I receive Christina Hastenrath. Christina studied cell and molecular biology and went on to do a master's degree in crime and forensic sciences at the University College in London. She then started a career in biotech, and that's where she fell in love weeks with coding. And to be honest, the rest of her bio reveals way too much details about her story. So I'll stop right there. And like you, I want to hear it from her directly. So Christina, welcome to the afternoon. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> it's I'm my excited pleasure. to be here. <laughs> there, 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 your German accent came a little bit out. It, it wasn't there. Oh, before. it did? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we'll, we'll come back to that maybe in a minute. We'll see. <laughs> but before we come to your story, I want to thank the terrific listeners who support the show every month. You are keeping the Dev Journey lights up. If you would like to join this fine crew and help me spend more time on finding phenomenal guests than editing audio tracks, please go to our website devjourney.info and click on the support me on Patreon button. Even the smallest contributions are giant steps toward a sustainable dev journey. Journey? Thank you. And now back to today's guest. So, Christina, as you know, the show exists to help the listeners understand what your story looked like and imagine how to shape their own future. So, as is usual on the show, let's go back to your beginnings. Where would you place the start of your tech and dev journey? That is an interesting question. And if I think about like the typical like back of my childhood, I always grew up with computers in the house, old, old window, 95, 98. I had like a big block computer on my, on my desk as a kid, but I never was a computer nerd. I was always interested in actually in animal behavior. I, I, so my interest was always to observe and think about why do they do things? So the like why behind things was always my interest. So for me, it was always clear that I wanted to study biology from like a very young age. And uh, when I finished high school in West Germany, I went to England because I wanted to brush up my English and I really loved it there and I decided to go to university there and do a bachelor's degree in biology and soon I realized that animal behavior wasn't really what I was looking for it was more granular than that so because I now had classes going into DNA and microbiology and I was like this is 
this is where it's getting interesting. So I actually switched and did more of a biochemistry degree going into cell and DNA direction and really in it. And in England is actually great because the English universities allow you to actually do that, to become really focused throughout throughout your bachelor's degree. And then I finished that and I wanted to do a master's. And because I was very interested in the DNA side of things, I then thought, oh, maybe a study in like crime science would be interesting because I really loved all those shows, those crime shows. It looks really cool, all the gadgets they <laughs> use. I was a big, big CSI Miami fan <laughs> with Horatio. And I was just like, this is awesome. I want to be a crime a forensic scientist. But it was a very, very expensive master's. It was um, cost back then, it cost 10,000 10, pounds. And coming out of a bachelor degree, I did not have the funds. So back then, the, the currency conversion from Australian dollars to euro was really excellent or to pounds. So I thought, hmm, I could do one year work, work and travel in Australia and save up for my master's degree. So I did. <laughs> so I packed my bag and I flew to Australia and I did a month of travel. And then I settled in Melbourne, got a job there and worked for the rest of the year. I, every minute I could. Day and night I was working in, in Mango. I was working for Ux, Ux store in like retail, selling clothes, saved up the 10 grand said to my mom, mom, here, I have, I have the 10 grand. Can you please help me with rent? And she, she said, yeah, you, you know, you've worked very hard. And I was lucky that she could help me with rent and some food. And I applied for the crime and forensic master's degree that had 15 open spaces and 250 applicants or something. And I got in. Wow. And cool. I, Thanks. And I moved to London and I got really interested in earmarks that, you know, people who break into places, I'm going to say people, like, <laughs> I guess people, like bad agents, so like break into places. What happens oftentimes is that they will lift their hat to like listen at a window or listen at a door and they will leave an earmark. And earmarks actually are very distinguishable, almost like almost like a fingerprint. So you can also infer the height of a person because they will only like slightly bend down. So like lift the hat slightly bend down. So you get an idea of how tall the person is. And my interest was in for how long can you extract DNA out of an earprint after it has been left outside a window, a door, and also in the lab. And that was my master thesis. Cool. So and, and I was, never knew yeah, you could do that. That's, yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Never, so, never seen that in CSI Miami. That no, no. <laughs> also, you know, a lot of the things that they have don't actually exist yet. It's all like, it's very sci-fi-ish, you know. It's like completely like blew my mind. It's like, what do you mean TV is not real? <laughs> you know? Now you ruined the series for me. Thank you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, but I, I took you on the thing. So anyway, that like, that like project was awesome. And I completed my master's within eight months because I was doing the research. I was studying for my exams, writing my thesis all at the same time. 
And I completed the master's in eight months. And I decided to go into biotech and not stay in the field because the like it all looks really, really cool. But the emotional pressure of actually of working on actual crime cases is huge. Like if you make a mistake, some bad people could be walking free, right? And I just felt that for me, I I was not able to to actually separate work and private life. Like I could never mm-hmm. just leave that mm-hmm. at work and go home and be happy, you know, if like something like that happened. We had a couple of cases where they like brought up examples and I, I just decided that for myself, that wasn't the right way to go in my life. So I went in and got a job in biotech and uh, I was working for a company. They sold a system to do end product testing. So what that means is that all products you buy on the shelf, cosmetics, pharmaceuticals, food, after they leave the production sites and go onto the trucks to go to the shops, they need to do a last microbial test. And the the normal way of testing takes like five days on average. There's like differences between all the different industries, but the system that the biotech company sold that I that I was working for, cut that down to two to three days. What that meant is that companies could get their products out faster. They could clear their warehouses. They could produce more. They So mm-hmm. that whole spiel. And so that, that was a, that was a hardware and a software component both. And we were rolling out this update and I was pretty new in the company and I was responsible just for Germany and then someone left and then they made me responsible for half of Europe basically. So I was traveling all the time, which was, I I thought it was awesome. It was really great. And then they were, they were giving us this update, but labs, they don't work with the newest MacBook, right? These labs, they have very, very old computers and I ran into one computer that was that had a that had Windows NT on it, and I even I I didn't even know what Windows NT was. <laughs> okay, so we'll like see that every day. <laughs> very very old stuff, right? And this update had to support all 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 systems, and it wasn't working. So I was like at the client, and I was like, I'm gonna get this to work. And slowly, slowly, I somehow figured out how to roll out this update on all the different systems to support my clients. And I was writing um, documentation. I was giving it to our global team, you know, I was like, training all of them. At some point, I became the software update person to go to. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for doing it right once. <laughs> but I, I loved it, you know. It was like this problem. I like got behind it, bit my teeth into it, fixed it, solved it, rolled it out to the company. And in the meantime, I met my now husband who was living in the Netherlands back then. And, you know, I was three years in the company and I was like, I, I was traveling all the time. I was, I was getting tired and I heard about tech and the work-life balance and I really enjoyed working with the software. And I thought, well, maybe software is the way to go. And I quit my job, moved to the Netherlands and found a job in a startup, in a tech startup. 
called Usabilla. They were bought by SurveyMonkey a couple of years ago. But I was uh, working for them and I started in customer success because I was close to what I was doing in the labs. Like I was doing customer support customer support, basically. And I thought that has a lot of skills I can take into tech. So I started in customer success and training people. It's basically the same thing I had done before, but in a different color, basically. And I got in touch with the engineering team because as a customer success person, you have to talk with all of the different departments in order to bring to the client whatever the client needs. And they were so much fun. I really enjoyed hanging out with them. I think it's like science and engineering is like vibing, you know, in the same way. And it's just like that. I, I just love hanging out with them and watching them code. And I got interested and they told me, yeah, you know, you should go check out Codecademy. That was back in 2017, I think. And, and Codecademy back then was only... JavaScript, HTML, and CSS. Now they have like this huge platform with all different types of things. But back then it was really only very like those three things and quite basic. And I did it after work and I loved it. So I went back to the engineering team and said, now what? <laughs> and then they gave me a couple of more courses. And after like some time, I would, you know, realize that I would only wake up and go to work to come back home and code, you know? And I was like, all, like, I just want to learn more and more. I, I, you know, I was so hooked. And our company back then, they had this, they had this mentor program. And the, 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 the CTO at the time was a woman who was also from Germany. And they just started this new mentor program or this like, I don't know, I don't know what you call it. This like next section of them. So it only goes for like a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And then okay. I was like, I'm going to ask her if I'm going to ask her if she would like to mentor me. And, and she said, yes. And I was so excited. I was so excited. So we sat down weekly and she, she like helped me with like coding questions. And then at some point she said, you know, they're also boot camps. And then I was like, oh, really? <laughs> so I then started looking into boot camps, but first of all, they're really expensive. And I was still paying off a little of debt from my university days, not much, but I was still paying some off. And I was like, well, this is quite expensive. And uh, I'm a bit afraid because this is like a full-time thing. So I would have to quit my job. And that's not just the cost of the boot camp. It's also rent, food, insurance, car payments, mm -hmm. right? This all goes on, like it adds on top of it. So I was like, I'm not really ready to do the leap. And then, and then life pushed me <laughs> again. <laughs> and my husband, he was working for Uber at the time and he got a promotion and they wanted him to work from the headquarters in San Francisco. And they said, you're going to move in six weeks. And I was like, wow, that's <laughs> fast. Yes. And at the same time, I was like, okay, I guess we're moving. So I'm quitting. Definitely. I had to quit. And then I thought, maybe this is, maybe this is my chance and I'm in between jobs and I'm just going to do it. And if I don't like it, I can go back into biotech. I can maybe become a product manager or do something with it, but I will have learned something 
something new, right? So my, we actually flew out here to do like a exploratory trip. So Uber paid for like a two week trip where we could look at the different neighborhoods, mm-hmm. already find out about different apartments and rents and gather some info about San Francisco. Um, so we came here and in that time I had scheduled, that's very German, I had scheduled tours uh, with all of the boot camps <laughs> and I met with <laughs> I met with all of them <laughs> and they gave me tours and they gave me their, you know, their curriculums and I took all of the information back home and I went to my mentor and I was like, can you please help me find out which program is good? And we sat down and we went through everything. And she asked me what I was interested in, where I wanted to go, you know, and she helped me find out the best one. And the best one was General Assembly for me at the time. And I applied for a scholarship, a small one, and got it, which covered a third of the cost. And then I sold my car, which paid for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So, and then luckily I had my husband who was paying for rent and food <laughs> <laughs> and insurance. So I was, and moving there probably uh, was as well. lucky. And well, Uber paid for us moving there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I have a yeah. question. How did your mentor help you find what was right for you? Which program was right for you? How did she do that? So she asked me, first of all, she basically wanted to find out if I was actually interested more in data science because of my science background and because I worked with data my whole life, basically, like my university and in my mm-hmm. first two jobs. and or Or if it was really like, coding and building websites and for me it was this new building websites figuring out problems being creative also seeing what changes like the same thing that i said earlier to me it's interesting to see how things behave and why you know Mm -hmm. this is always an interest of mine and so we figured out that front end would probably be the best way to go and general assembly had a lot of focus on the front end so she said that that's probably the best way the best one because they all they all have their own focus mm-hmm. and i yeah. think that right now they have changed it a little bit i don't know i'm not into their curriculum that was in 2018 or 2019, early 2019. So yeah, she basically asked me a lot of questions and helped me find out if it was more like really data-driven or if it was more creative front-end driven kind Mm -hmm. of thing. I see, I see. I find it always a a hard question to to ask really what what suits my style, what suits what I need. Because all those boot camps have flavors are different. They do things a bit differently. And, and they're not for everyone. And I'm sure there is a bootcamp for everyone, but, but not all bootcamps will suit every, every profile. And so finding the right one is really setting you up for success. And there's no recipe that I know of. <laughs> so I'm still searching. True, <laughs> true. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very true. I mean, some also have like exam types, mm-hmm. but I actually didn't want to go to a bootcamp that had exams because that seemed like college to me. And what General Assembly did was that they 
gave us tasks or like homework. And then after that, we would all sit down and go through the code, like in a normal code review, like people reviewing your PR, right? And then talking about it. And what I liked about that is that I learned how to work as an engineer, you know, so, uh, or have a peek into what it is like to work as mm -hmm. an engineer and not be at college again, because I did that and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to come out and be prepared to go to an engineering team because now no one gives me an exam to like, <laughs> you know, test. <laughs> you have two hours, it's going to be entirely yes. <laughs> and nobody will use it anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please. Get a great A. Were, were there still some some? So I, I really like this 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 uh, very hands on approach, uh, sticking to as much as the reality can be. But were there some, yeah. still some differences and and stuff that you realized after the fact? Said, oh, okay, we did it differently back then. It was maybe a bit a bit sweetened, or it was a bit a bit uh, yeah, sweetened. That's the best word I can come up with. <laughs> it was made a bit easier just for the sake of learning, and and in reality, it's a bit. It's a bit different. Where is the stuff like this? Yes. So I don't think that it's sweetened because they just fire hose information at Ooh, you. Okay. Like I, <laughs> I was, the, it was really, really intense. I would, I would get up at 7 a.m. to like read all the material. Then I would go to the full-time bootcamp from nine to five. It was then afterwards I would meet with their mentors as well. There are people who will help us with homework and just go through the day and then go back home and do some more reading until 10 p.m. So for three months, I did not see anyone. And on weekends, I would like hack away at my own things, you know. So I was really hyper-focused. And mm -hmm. the thing with boot camps is that you only get out of it whatever you put in. So they will, they will give you all the resources. They will give you support and everything but if you don't do the work you will not get anything out of it in a job setting it's actually very similar like i'm still like researching a lot you know watching videos but i have more time like it's not like you do react this week you do python next week you do angular that week you know it's like so it's not like week you on week on week <laughs> you have time to level up <laughs> you know <laughs> So, so you're not waking up uh, at seven and working until nine and then doing your night to five and then meeting until 10 in the evening? <laughs> sometimes, still now. I knew it. No, you shouldn't do that. But, but no, no, I don't. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I, I yeah, see. Yeah, that is, yeah. It's, it's really intense. I really had an intense time and it was great. I'm never, <laughs> yeah. But I really, I now I prefer working <laughs> to doing the work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so you you picked this uh, this this uh, this bootcamp with the assumption that doing something creative, seeing the things change, and so this this front end might be the right the right place to be. Yeah. Now, in retrospect, was that the right decision? Yes, yes, it was. I like it. You said right away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. It was no. definitely. So, you, but because, because you you yeah. dig you dipped your toes into Python and probably a little bit of backend and and doing a little yeah. bit to 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 feed into your front end. Did you then really veer into front end and really stick to those guns, or did you try it as well? How did you handle all this? So the bootcamp was full stack. So we had some, you know, we had like the backend connecting everything with APIs, the server, the front end. I have like worked with projects with that. And 
the front end, I think starting out for me was easier to learn to code than in the back end, just because you see what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. And also starting out a career from a bootcamp in a back end team, I think is for me would have been much harder than going onto a front end team and then exploring more. So our team is very small, which is great because in the past three years, I have explored a lot of different things. I've dabbled in, in DevOps, you know, built this and that, not just the front end. So, but it got me in, got me into a place where I can explore a lot of different things. And that is basically what I love. Like I love front end, but I also love exploring other places. Mm -hmm. Like you said at the beginning, observe and understand why I think this way and yeah, how to do it. Exactly. <laughs> But exactly. but we're, we're putting things ahead. You didn't explain us how how you you found the job you are in now, yes. and how this applying worked, how coming out of uh, a boot camp and and coming into an industry you're new to or pretty much yeah. new to in a country you're new to. Obviously, yeah. not language you're new to, but but that could have been hurdle as well. <laughs> so how how did that all go? <laughs> So I graduated from General Assembly and I knew that there was the app meetup because I had used it in the Netherlands already to like attend talks and different events. So they had also recommended us from GA to go to some meetups and just network. And I go to meetups to network, but also because I'm generally interested in meeting people who are in my industry, you know, just meeting different people, knowing what's new, knowing what's out there, knowing how other people are doing things, learning some new stuff from talks. I, 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 I love it. So I went to maybe two meetups a week after I graduated because I had, I, I had time. I was writing endless amounts of applications um, got almost nowhere, like very, very little. I think it's hard starting out and especially in a place where you don't know anyone, like mm -hmm. you said. So I was going to meetups, meeting with people and there's one meetup that's called Node School that is awesome. It's happening monthly in San Francisco. And after I attended two or three times, the organizers came to me like, do you maybe want to start mentoring? And I was like, I'm scared. And they said, don't be scared. Like, it's fine. You know, you just come. And if you don't know something, you Google together and then you find out. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And I am still mentoring there today. And it's a lot of fun. So definitely recommend doing that because you also meet a lot of people and you build a lot of friendships. People come back, you know, you like learn things together. It's, it, this is great. Like mentoring and helping and be, becoming part of the community helps building that network too. How, how does that working, that mentoring work? Is it you're, you're coming to every meetup and people have questions yeah. and you help them figure that out? How yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It can be all, all, all kinds of different things. Yeah. It's just okay. like coming and being there and being approachable and then helping Googling and Debugging and pair, pair programming. Cool. So yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, that's great. So <laughs> then, <understand>. anyway, <laughs> just I actually attended a meetup at Postman, and I started talking to my manager now, and we like hit it off straight away. We like got along really well, and he said, and he said, you know, we have this open, it's like an internship apprenticeship 
contractor kind of position for three months and we would love for you to apply. So I was like, that's awesome. So I applied and I got it. And then after six weeks, I sent him my resume as an API. I just built my, my resume as an API and they liked it and they hired me on as a full-time employee. And now I'm a software engineer postman. Awesome. And, and your resume is still available as an API and you can yes. try that with Postman. I tried that this afternoon. Yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's still available. Um, awesome. Okay, so, so it's been three years? Yes, three years. Yeah. I just got promoted two weeks, three weeks ago. Yeah. So when, when by the time this podcast comes out, it will be a bit longer. Oh, yeah. But That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, so how did this these three years go for you? Did you stick to one project? Did you move along? Did you continue exploring? Ask for more freedom to explore? How did how did you structure this? Or how did you help structure this? At first, I was terrified. I had super imposter syndrome. I was constantly feeling like I wasn't doing things fast enough. I was getting somewhere fast enough and I have a really really amazing manager and also team who have supported me and made me feel more confident and at first I was only focused on the tickets I was getting you know and I was like okay I'm just going to get these tickets and then at some point I started asking why and can we do this differently and what is actually happening here and starting to question things and come up with different ways of approaching things and not just tickets, but projects. So it's just slowly, it really slowly started to develop my work from just the tickets that I got to going more into processes, how things are built, why things are being approached the way they are. And with that, I also started to moving into different things. So I moved into AWS, did some DevOps stuff. We I moved on to WordPress, you know, cut the head of it. And now I'm building a component library from scratch. I did the whole architecture for it. So I felt like it was slowly with my interest, I grew into different areas that our team touched as I went along. It was organic and it really came with me and my team being very supportive and me becoming more confident in asking questions mm -hmm. of did, why. Yeah. Did it do something special to make you feel confident of being able to ask? I think what is great about our team is that we don't have a ego on the team who speaks down to anyone. Like we're all very supportive. Mm -hmm. We all listen to each other and we're all very respectful of each other. And I think that that creates a safe space in a team for juniors and also for mid-level and even some senior people to ask questions openly and maybe ask a question twice. That's fine. You know? Yeah. I think that our manager does a fantastic job at cultivating that culture of having a safe space to grow for for all our team members mm -hmm. yeah. we, we've spoken twice already about mentorship or mentoring are there yes. some mentors in your life right now yes yes there are in, uh, inside actually, the company or outside the company inside and outside so mm -hmm. i do yeah <laughs> 
So I have a regular mentor who is inside the company who is not on my team. I think that that's important because inside your team, you do have, you do have mentorship, right? Like your manager mentors you, you have, you have regular one-on-ones, but it's also helpful to get someone who is not on the team to bounce off ideas from with. And I think it's helpful that that person is inside of Postman because I don't have to I don't have to hide anything. Like I don't have to hide ideas or what's coming next or code. I can even show them some code and say, look, can I please get a second pair of eyes on it? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I find that very, very helpful. But I also really enjoy talking to senior people outside of the company about that's actually been my like recent thing is like, where am I? Where do I want to go? Like, what is that next level? And what does that next level look like? You know, mm-hmm. so like talking about mindset, talking about architecture, talking about different, different things that are not exactly work related. So I find that very helpful to get insights also from other people in the industry who are not a postman. And how, how so, do you yeah. how do you network for that? So one of them is one of the organizers from Node School that I've been mentoring at for a long time. This is a good friend of mine, and super super knowledgeable. So and super approachable. And I just you know I just you can you can also just ask you know hey I have also other women engineers coming up to me and say or just ask a question you know and I'm always happy to answer. I think that there are so many people who are happy to take time coffee chat half an hour and just talk about things you know and just offer them a perspective or an idea or advice and I am happy to always do that and I have never had someone tell me I don't have time for you you know Mm -hmm. so I think sometimes it's just having the guts to ask someone you know to just go up to them and say hey like I've been struggling with this or I've or you know I have been maybe thinking about this about these options, can I get some advice, you know? And I think there are a lot of people in the industry who will be very happy to help you. I'm so glad to hear you saying this. What I've observed way too much is people focusing too much on finding the mentor and and not focusing enough on finding the right question to ask. Mm Because it all starts with the question. If you have the right question, then you will find somebody who's interested with this question and they will say oh that's an interesting question i cannot answer maybe but you should talk to alice there and, and she, she's knowledgeable yeah yeah or, yeah. or yeah. i would gladly talk to you about this and, and see what i can do and, but it needs the right question it all starts with a question and if you come to people and say well do you want to be my mentor <laughs> we usually look at you and say wait <laughs> yeah. we don't know each other it all starts yeah with exactly yeah it's it's true yeah yeah also i feel like like a mentor doesn't doesn't have to be like a 10-year commitment every week you meet for two hours you know sometimes just getting some guidance throughout the time of your life that can be two three times stretched over a couple of months can be so beneficial already mm-hmm. did you have a feeling that you have different mentors for different topics or or, or point of views or, or, or stakes and, and did you go to one for, for one thing and did you go to the other for something else? And one month you're going to be speaking to Alice and, and next month is going to be Bob because that's more what you need. <laughs> and then etc. Do, do, do you have this as well? I do have, but yeah, that's actually a good question. So I do feel like 
when I have the need that I want to talk about with something, I do feel like, oh, this is actually a good question for so-and-so. I don't really, I cannot really answer why. It's not, you know, it's not that I have like a hundred thousand mentors and I go through a list and I think it, I have like, <laughs> I, I have like. Do you have I, all of this? <laughs> no, I, so I have three people that I really, really trust and I really, really value their opinion. And between those, sometimes I come with different questions or with different, yeah, things, but I cannot really say because they do that or because they do that. Sometimes it's just a feeling. Like, okay. Okay. I, I, I've, at the height of my career before Corona, I would say, before we were all <laughs> locked down and, and communication went down the drain. I think I had four yeah. mentors at uh, the same time, which were, uh, who were completely, entirely different persons. They were really, yeah. one was a businessman, one was a developer, a bit younger than me, and one was a very creative person. And so they, they, they really had different profiles and I could talk to them or I could almost not talk to them about the same subjects. And so it was wow. really it was really interesting to say, okay, now now I need a, a, a creative sparring partner to to bounce ideas off and and see what happens. And so I would go to 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 one of them. Or I need somebody who's brutally honest and understands what I'm leaving right now and will really raise a mirror in front of my face and show me what's wrong. And so I would go to another one. And and last, the other one would be a businessman, pretty mature, I would say, not to say old, uh, <laughs> who had experienced uh, really uh, creating business, being very, very humanistic in his approach and saying, okay, I, I'm, I'm torn into this capitalistic world right now. I need some advice from him. And I would go to him for that. That's really three different, uh, completely different uh, profiles. And that, that's been fantastic. It took some time to, to really find those persons, ask the right question, hook them on with, yeah. uh, with discussions and find that we have something in common. But, but I'm really glad I had them along the way. So, yeah. Nice. Actually, it reminds me, I should, I should revive all those connections. Corona has taken a toll on all this. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it has Uh, taken a toll. Yes. (laughs) I'm sweating. Uh, (laughs) So so what's in your future? More learning, more understanding why things are the way they they are and and happily ever after? Yes, (laughs) happily ever after is good. And my future is, you know, I, I really love my job. I love that it's so varied. Like I said, we're a small team. I can dip my toes in all different kinds of areas of coding and of programming and so i'm really really happy there now and yeah the future is learning more there's always so much more to learn and i i (laughs) this is also what i think like why i found my career path is because this will never stop there will always be the next thing this this will not stop and i enjoy learning i love figuring out things i love like diving in, you know, dissecting stuff and building cool projects. And I really, really love it. So for me, this is, this is now going forward and also, you know, helping other people, you know, also other women understand, like help them understand that sometimes it's good to take the leap, you know, like be brave, like do it. Life will push you when it can and if you're brave and you jump like this can be a great great thing like i'm so much happier now than i was in any of any of my other jobs and Mm -hmm. yeah 
That sounds like the advice I wanted to ask you. Damn it. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Is is there something that could make them be brave besides telling them, hey, be brave, try it out? Make someone be brave? I I don't. So I was never brave until, like I said, like life pushed me, like a window opened and I was just like, okay, now is the time. And I think it's, you have to recognize find find that window and then you know you like hold your breath and then you like jump like in a pool uh-huh. <laughs> you know and i don't know how to yeah. no that, that's good that's good i want to highlight something that we, you said before you said well if it doesn't work out i can still come back to biotech or, or yeah exactly or crime scene etc and that's something that i've seen very often is in in this emotional moment of trying to project ourselves in the future etc we forget all the things we have already and we forget how unrisky a lot of things actually are they they feel risky but they're not completely and sometimes you can de-risk them with a couple a couple of steps you can de-risk them a lot and then it's actually not, not a problem anymore and so then you can try and, and then you can be, you can be courageous and, and try it before it, it looked like a mountain. And, and, but after the steps and you sometimes need somebody to take you through those steps, you realize, oh, actually it's not that bad. And then you can try, uh, pinch your nose and, and, and jump in the cold water. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very nicely said. Thank you. That's what <laughs> You're very welcome. That's awesome. <laughs> so where can, could people find you online and, and continue the discussion with you if they wanted or, or start a discussion with you or need some, somebody to bounce ideas off or questions off and not want to ask you if you can be their mentor, but really say, Hey, I have a question that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Always happy to help. I am on Twitter. My handle is Tin, which is a German name, but it's E-T-T-I-N-C-H-E-N. And with my full name, I'm on LinkedIn. That's maybe a bit easier. Christina Hassenrath. So you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn or Twitter. I'm always happy to have a conversation and a coffee chat. And a link both in the show notes if you didn't get the, the it's very German. That, that <laughs> very, Twitter very handle, I, I, yeah, I made it, it was 2011 or something and I never changed it. Blame, blame <laughs> it on the youth. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, do, I do the same. <laughs> and I, I, I'll add a link young. to your API as well because it's really, it's really funny. Um, Thank you. You can look through Postman with this. That's really cool. Anything else on your plate? Anything you want to plug in before we call it a day? No, 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 thank you so much for having me. This was this was fun. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank Likewise, you. Likewise, it was my pleasure. And this has been another episode of The Post Journey. And we see each other next week. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode. If you like the show, please share, rate, and review. It helps more listeners discover those stories. You can find the links to all the platforms the show appears on on our website devjourney.info slash subscribe. Creating the show every week takes a lot of time, energy, and of course money. Would you please help me continue bringing out those inspiring stories every week by pledging a small monthly donation? You'll find our Patreon link at devjourney.info slash donate. And finally, don't hesitate to reach out and tell me how this week's story is shaping your future. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Timothep, T-I-M-O-T-H-E-P, or per email, info at devjourney.info. Talk to you soon.